It takes practice. It takes practice to move through the fear. It takes practice to risk, especially if you have a family, if you feel like the breadwinner and that your income is, and your self-worth is tied to your taking care of your family, it's going to stifle you. That fear will have you step in it more often than not. Be bold, trust yourself, build the capital, the, the professional capital, the personal capital that people know where you're coming from and learn to speak your mind. You'll become invaluable. If you want to be a trusted advisor, you have to be able to advise. Welcome to the Rising Leader Podcast, where being a high achiever doesn't necessarily equate to being an effective leader. Let's check to see if you're in the right place. If you're rising through the ranks of your organization so fast that your leadership skills need to grow as fast as your responsibilities, you're in the right place. If it seems you need different skills to lead your team or lead from within a group of talented, competitive peers, you're in the right place. If you're looking to become a trusted advisor to the CEO, you are definitely in the right place. So now that we know that you're in the right place, enjoy today's conversation. Before we begin, I have something for you. Have you not read Only Tens 2.0 yet? If you've been listening to the show, my guess is you have read it. Would you like to give away a copy to someone you care about, someone who's struggling with time and energy management, someone who needs to focus on the important things? Well, if you go to markjsilverman.com, click on the red resource buttons, we have put a free copy of Only Tens 2.0 for you to download, and you can upload it onto your electronic device of choice. I hope you enjoy. Have you ever seen the movie Office Space? The premise of the movie is there's this guy who has this job. He doesn't want the job. He doesn't care if he gets fired. He kind of wants to get fired. Uh, so he basically is just kind of a jerk around the office, doesn't do his job. Uh, and the company hires a couple of consultants to figure out how to improve the organization. Both these guys are named Bob. So this guy who doesn't want his job anyway, keeps getting called in and being interviewed for how to improve the company. So since he doesn't care about his job, he doesn't even care about the company, he speaks the truth. He speaks his mind and he just spills his guts about what's wrong with the company and what they should do to improve. And the Bobs love him. No matter what he does, the Bobs love him. And he keeps getting promoted. And uh, like he's just considered the best employee because he speaks his mind because he doesn't care. So in that scenario, there's kind of a, a clue as to how to speak truth to power. Uh, in my Rising Leader program, in the Only Tens book, and everything that I do, in every workshop that I do, I teach how to have difficult conversations. Tim Ferriss says, everything you want is on the other side of a difficult conversation. Speaking truth to power is a difficult conversation. There's all kinds of books on how to do that. I've interviewed Kim Scott about radical candor. So we know we should have these conversations. So we have plenty of tools. I can give you a worksheet. Go to my website. You'll get a worksheet on how to have a really good, difficult, honest conversations. The problem is finding the courage to have those conversations. How do you have the gumption in order to have those conversations? Now, you might be one of those people who you speak their mind too much. Like I have to teach you how to, which hill did you want to die on? Pick a topic to go to the mat for. Pick a topic to annoy your boss or annoy your peers with. But if you're like most of us, we get a little fearful of how we're going to be seen, how it's going to be taken, and even are we going to lose our job? So how do you find the courage to speak up. 
The whole movie Office Space reminds me of when I was uh, going from startup to startup. I was bought by this company that we named the Evil Machine Company three times. So one of my first tech jobs bought by the Evil Machine Company. When I went to my next startup after uh, Network Appliance, which was you know again the one near and dear to my heart, got bought by the Evil Machine Company again. And the funny thing is, I didn't want to be part of that big company. I never wanted to be part of a big company. I like startups. So I liked my sales manager. So I, you know, I would stick around until the end of the year, make my numbers, and then go find a new job because I wanted to finish what I started in a fiscal year. I wasn't going to quit right then. But everybody knew I wasn't going to stay. By the third time the Evil Machine Company bought the company, the next company I was at, I love this company too. I was so sad that they bought them. Uh, I loved my sales manager. My new sales manager was great. I just hated the company. I hated the dynamics of working with the reps from the Evil Machine Company because they had their own agenda. I had my own agenda. And they knew I was going to leave. And I told them I was going to leave at the end of the fiscal year. And they spent the whole time trying to get me to stay. But it was like the Bobs. I would speak my mind. I would tell them why I didn't like the Evil Machine Company. I told them what was wrong with the dynamics between the new and the old organizations. And they loved me. I would get a call from my sales manager after I after I just spilled my guts to the VP of sales and thought I would get into trouble. Uh, and he was like, he loved your suggestions. And it was because I didn't care. I, I didn't want to be there. So I was able to speak my mind. But what if you do care? What if you really care about your job and you want to be at that organization? How do you speak truth to power? Do you have a culture where it's 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 encouraged to speak truth to power, where it's welcome when you question things. Now you may or may not get your way, you may or not be agreed with, but it's you know dissension is actually welcome. Most organizations are kind of a mixture. We want people to speak up, and we need people to row in the right in the same direction enough so that there's not too much friction because we do have to pick a direction. But how do you again? How do you get that courage? The first is you got to have some self-worth. It's really imperative that you understand that you're okay, that if you got fired, you could find another job, that you would do what you need to do to take care of your family, to take care of yourself. The other is, have you cultivated enough goodwill, political capital? Have you given, give, you know, in sales, it's like give, 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 ask. Uh, if you're going to speak truth to power, have you cultivated that trust with your boss, with your peers, with the people who you're going to have these conversations with? Can they trust you that you're on their side? One of the agreements I have in my coaching practice is that I'm going to say things that piss you off. I'm going to say things that may be completely wrong and you disagree with. I may be, say things and I may be off. What I'd like you to do is know that I'm coming from a place that because you're my client, I only take on people who I fall in love with, who I believe in 100%. So I am on your side. So if it seems like I'm not, if it seems like I'm criticizing you, if it seems like I'm wrong, if I see, if it seems like I'm off base, know where the come from is so that the conflict can be safe. Same thing with your boss and your peers. Have you built that trust in them? And sometimes it's a conversation. You know, with your boss, and we, we talk about this in the boss empathy map and getting to know your boss is how do they like to be disagreed with? How do you they like you to bring a, a, a challenge or a problem to them? Uh, and 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 how will they be most respect receptive? Because again, I don't like to be told I was bad or wrong, but if you know if I can trust the relationship, then I can hear it. Does that make sense? 
So have these ground rules and these conversations on how to disagree or how to bring things up. I do that in my coaching practice also. You're going to disagree with me. Here's how we should do this. Here's how I'm asking you to speak up so that I can hear you. Uh, And those ground rules set a safe place. But then there's also that personal safety thing that's really important. I can't tell you how many people I talk to who hate their jobs, hate their lot in life. The bad person is always their boss. The bad person is their peers. The bad person is the company culture. uh, And uh, they're the victim of the circumstances. And they feel trapped. So now if you feel trapped, how are you going to speak up if you feel trapped? If you feel like your back is against the wall, if you absolutely have to have this job, and if you have no options, how are you going to speak up? It's a couple of things that you should be doing only always. Uh, One is to keep your network up. If you're not having coffee or a drink or a beer or connecting with someone at least once a month, I would say twice, three times a month, uh, just connecting with people, checking on people, seeing how they're doing, keeping those relationships fresh. You know, you're only as good as your network in this in this economy. So you want to make sure you're keeping contact with the people from your past jobs, with people you've come across along the way. In tech sales, one of the really cool things about being in tech sales was I knew the executives in so many of the companies in the area that I work at that I've kept in touch with them after I no longer was in that industry, right? So so those, those relationships are invaluable. So make sure you're meeting people. The other is, is your LinkedIn up to date? Like if you're going to go in and just completely revamp your your LinkedIn now, it's going to look like you're looking for another job. But you really do need to have your LinkedIn up to date. And one of the things I would say is if you go and update your, your LinkedIn and you're happy with your job and you just don't want it to look weird that you updated your LinkedIn, you can say, I'm updating my LinkedIn because I want it to look good because I want to, I want to be more in the industry. I want to comment on things. I want people to notice what we're doing and I want to represent the company better. Now you've got your LinkedIn set up. Now, if you're really in an acute state, the question I always ask is, how's your resume? Well, I've been in this job for three years. My resume is old. Or I've been in this job for five years. My resume is old. Update your resume. Having a third party do your resume uh, so that their perspective can be given back to you. Because if we write our own resumes, it's not going to be as powerful. When someone else writes your resume, when someone writes my resume, I'm always blown away at what I've accomplished, who I've become in the world. Uh, so, so have your resume updated regularly, put it on your calendar every two years. If you're still in the same job, make sure your resume is up to date so that you have that. I even suggest that you go on interviews occasionally. You may not want a job, but if someone reaches out and is interested in hiring you, go have a conversation. One, you're in the best bargaining place. If it is a job that's interesting to you, if you don't want the job, uh, again, speaking truth to power. Uh, But it's also, it just gives you the opportunity to understand that you're valuable, that you're not trapped, that you're renting your time to your company. They're hiring you for your time and your expertise. They don't own you. So you have options. The saying is, is our well-being is in direct proportion to the number of options we have. And our terror is in the direct proportion to the number of options we don't feel we have. Uh, And it all has to do with personal safety. Right? A spirituality will help you feel a personal safety. I personally feel like I will be okay, even if I'm homeless. I've been homeless, so I know I was okay. But I know no matter what happens, uh, again, for me, I have very low standards on a good life. As long as my kids are okay, everything else is gravy. Right? I get, I get annoyed at certain things, you know, the IRS and the phone bill and things like that. But as long as my kids are okay... I'm okay. So if something bad happens, I, again, as long as it doesn't affect my kids, 
I will be okay. That's that's a little game I play in my head to make sure I'm always feel safe. So I can, if I don't want to take on a client, if I want to fire a client, if I, you know, I just was on the, the call with the CEO of one of uh, my companies who ha- is worth hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to me uh, and speaking truth to power uh, could cut off that revenue for me. Uh, but I'm only as good as the as the feedback I give, uh, and the people people hire me for that clarity and for that that honesty and that forthrightness. Even if I'm wrong, just being forthright. Uh, so I have to speak truth to power also, and know that I'm safe if those four clients just go away immediately because I said something wrong. I can't censor myself, and neither can you. It takes practice. It takes practice to move through the fear. It takes practice to risk, especially if you have a family, if you feel like the breadwinner and that your income is, yeah, and your self-worth is tied to your taking care of your family, it's going to stifle you. That fear will have you step in it more often than not. Be bold, trust yourself, build the capital, the, the professional capital, the personal capital that people know where you're coming from and learn to speak your mind. You'll become invaluable. If you want to be a trusted advisor, you have to be able to advise. Now, again, remember, you want to advise on what's important and let go of what's not so that you're really listened to when you share. Hope this was helpful. I really appreciate your time and attention. If you have suggestions for the show, please send them along. I want to, I want to talk about what you want to hear. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining today's conversation. If you got value, please share the episode, give us a thumbs up, write us a review. And if there's a topic you'd like us to cover or a question that you have, send them my way. Look forward to connecting on the next episode of the Rising Leader Podcast.